Hi, you're listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a holistic health and mindset coach. And in this podcast, we're going to be talking about living a life filled with health, fulfillment, love, and authenticity. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you might be struggling with body image or self-image issues, and maybe trying to figure out why you can't take the ideas that you have for living healthy and turn them into lifelong action. So join me as we dive in deep on topics of health from the perspective of mindset, self-awareness, self-love, and of course, how we can take authentic self-action towards living that healthy life that we're dreaming of. Along the way, I'm going to bust through some of the fog, illusions, and outright myths that we've all been taught to believe about living a healthy life. I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. Are you ready to find out how you can start living your healthiest life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hello, hello, everyone. If you are new to listening to this podcast, welcome. Um, If you are someone who's been following me for the last eight episodes now, we're now on episode number nine, welcome back. I'm glad you're enjoying listening to the show and that you're still with me here. So today I'm bringing a topic to you guys that's maybe a little bit lighter than the emotional eating topic, but I also feel like it's a topic that's very important for a lot of people um, that a lot of people feel that it is very important for them because when it comes down to it, the work that I do with people is to help them create such a positive self-image and space of self-love and confidence that they are able to step into their life in full power and in the driver's seat and start creating goals for themselves to live that life that they've been questioning whether or not they're worthy of or that they're capable of living for so long. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm really tired of constantly, or I was very tired of constantly questioning myself and whether or not I was doing it the right way or whether or not I could set goals for myself and follow through with them. And so that's kind of why I started doing this coaching work and why I found it was so important to teach people to have such a positive and confident self-image and that this is the very foundation of how we're going to create our goals and live the life that we know that we are worthy of and meant to live. That's our purpose. So today what we are going to talk about is about setting these goals. And the, the title of the podcast is, Do You Have Your Guard Up? against your goals? Or are you guarding yourself against your goals? I'm sorry. The do you have your guard up against your goals was the first uh, title that I came up with and then I changed it to are you guarding yourself against your goals? Um, So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about what it means to set a goal for ourselves and then go after it and why it is that so many of us seem to struggle with this process. And It may sound a little bit crazy to be like, well, why on earth would I be guarding myself against my goals? Because they're my goals. I want them. So yeah, this is what I want to talk about. Create some awareness around this fact that we are a lot of people. And I notice with almost every one of my clients that come with me, actually all of my clients that come to me, and they have these goals for themselves with their health with their fitness, with their um, relationships in their life, with, you know, so many different things, with their work, life fulfillment, self-image, 
they have these goals for themselves and they're like, why, why is it that I, I want these goals, but it's like, I'm fighting myself on even wanting these goals. So I want to talk to you about that because I feel like a lot of people make this mean that there's something wrong with them and there isn't something wrong with you. So when we feel the discomfort of trying to reach for our goals, I want you to think about that statement. We feel the discomfort of wanting to reach for our goals. Our brain will start to adopt these coping strategies to either eliminate or to cope with that discomfort. And that's that's what we're going to get some clarity on and around today. So really when when this is when you see this happening in your life, just know there's nothing broken or wrong with you. It's again as we've talked about before, our mind doing what it has biologically evolved to do, to be a mind. And so we're going to talk about why it has why it adopts this strategy and then something at the end I'm going to give you all a little bit of um a starting point, a pattern disrupt that you can begin to practice until you're ready to do some of the deeper work and just really to build up some some clarity around this. So let's start at the beginning with creating a goal for ourselves that we want to achieve. And the very first thing that I see happening that leads people down this path of putting their guard up against their goals is choosing an authentic goal for ourselves. And that may sound like, okay, well, it's, I'm creating it. So it's my goal. So if you've listened to the work that I've, I've done before, re- read any of my posts on Facebook, Instagram, followed me, listened to my other podcast episodes, you would know that our minds absorb a lot of information, absorb what we perceive to be other people's opinions and desires for us. And then our mind basically processes all of that information and from there creates our beliefs about ourselves and life around us, including, but not limited to, what it is that we want out of life. And this, my friends, is the very start of the issue with creating goals if we don't have a very clear self-image and a lot of self-awareness is that a lot of us are setting goals for ourselves that are not authentically our goals. And what I mean by that is that we are setting goals for ourselves that we think that we should have. Goals for ourselves that we think will make other people happier with us. Look at us in a way that we want to be looked at you know, we, we set these goals because we think other people will be proud of us and look at us in a way that we want to be looked at for setting these goals and doing them. And then if we don't achieve them, this creates a lot of guilt and shame because, you know, we've, we've set the, uh, the, the external validation of, of this goal and why we're doing it and the, the purpose behind it outside of us instead of inside of us. So we're setting ourselves up for failure in the beginning if our goal is not authentic. But also, what I want to say is that creating inauthentic goals can actually be a coping strategy for what we just mentioned at the very beginning of recognizing the discomfort of trying to reach our goals. So reaching our goals, if it's a goal that requires for us to change a belief about ourselves, change the way we're living our life, And if we're changing the way we're living our life, we're changing a belief because the reason we live our life the way we live our life now is because of the current beliefs that we have. 
So when we go to create a goal for ourselves and we recognize that in order to go after this goal, we're going to have to lean into the discomfort of not knowing for a little while. We have to go through this kind of space between the islands, the the water in between, the shark-infested waters is what I call it with my clients. And it's a very uncomfortable, scary place because we don't know what's going to happen. Because in order for us to change our beliefs, we have to question them. We have to go after new beliefs that aren't established beliefs yet, and we don't know where they're going to take us. And we're so stuck on needing to be right and not wrong that we become afraid of going after these beliefs, these new beliefs, because we're afraid that we might decide later that they're wrong and then have to judge and shame ourselves for it. Um, And that's something else we can talk about on another day about having our backs. But for, for now, what I want you to get clear on is that when we go to set our goals, sometimes we will create inauthentic goals because that authentic goal is so important for us. It's part of our purpose, why we're here on a spiritual level, why we are here. That goal is calling to you, pulling to you so deeply, and it's so associated with who you are as a person, what you're here to bring, and the energy that you're here to create in this world. And so when we recognize that we're going to have to go through this period of discomfort of creating new beliefs to go after those goals, sometimes what the brain will do will come up with inauthentic goals that seem a little bit maybe easier to go after and will appease other people. And it's kind of a coping strategy to deal with buffering away the discomfort of the fact that we're not going after the authentic goal. It's a distraction method almost. So that's our first guard that we could have up against creating our goals is setting an inauthentic goal simply to distract ourselves from the goal that we actually want to achieve. And the reason why our mind would want to distract us from it and to create this sort of buffer around it is because, again, as I've told you, our brain is an organ that is evolved to try and keep us safe and to keep us alive. And our our brain, from a biological perspective and a chemical perspective, assumes that any discomfort is something that is dangerous and going to kill us. So it wants to avoid discomfort. And... You know, I've talked in other podcasts, and I will talk about it many times again in the future. There are ways to recognize that the brain wants to do that, but that doesn't mean we have to follow it, and it's called mindfulness. So, the reason why these authentic goals scare our brain is because, again, like I said, we we have we recognize that we're going to have to go through a period of discomfort, of uncertainty, and our brain wants to avoid that. But also, it has to do with our perceived worth of ourselves. We don't believe that we are either worthy of the life where we achieve those goals or that we're even capable of achieving the goal. And so our brain kind of wants to distract us from that shameful, guilty, um, self-defeating, sort of self-deflating thinking by being like, okay, so we're scared to go after this goal. We don't think that we're worthy of going after that goal. That's uncomfortable. Let's avoid it. Here, let's give them a goal that they that's easy, that's not really theirs, but they can maybe go after it and do it, and therefore it, it will feel a little bit better. They'll feel more comfortable. So our brain does this for many different reasons. And this is why I say with when I'm working with a client, it's important that we establish self-worth first. It's important that we do this before we even begin the journey of setting our goals for ourselves and then going after them. 
But we're going to move past that for now. We're, we're going to assume you have some self-worth established and that we've done some, you know, mind management work to decipher whether or not the goal is genuine for us or if it's false. So let's just assume we're past all of that. We, we've done that work. We're certain this is a genuine goal and we're certain that we, we know who we are and that we're worth going after it. We've, we've managed our minds. We recognize it wanting to, you know, keep us away from the goal because it's dangerous. It's going to kill us, you know, that whole message. And we recognize that we don't have to follow that. So here we are. We have our goal in mind that is genuine for us, and we want to go after it. So this process of setting that goal and and then going after it requires us to be patient, loving, confident, and intentional. And for this to occur, we need to have done the work surrounding our self-love and self-image for us to be sure that we know how to create the space for the, the compassion, the patience, the love, and the confidence in ourselves so we can take our unique journey and timing towards the process of setting this goal and going after it. Because, my friends, I know that we have goals, and some of them seem similar to other people's goals. And so sometimes we will, you know, we have our, our role models, our mentors, and that's okay. But what I want to encourage you to recognize is that even if you have these role models and mentors and your goals appear very similar, your journey is your journey and it's going to be unique. Your timing is going to be unique and you need to have established this love, compassion, and patience and confidence in yourself that you're doing this and it's your way. So therefore, it's the right way for you before you move on to the other parts of setting your goal and going after it. Because otherwise, in the journey, you're going to start getting confused because your journey is not going to look like these people that you're looking at their goals and you're comparing yourself to. And the comparing kind of slides away once we recognize our own self-love, our own self-worth. We can still have our mentors and the people that we look to for the encouragement and, you know, for inspiration. But we also recognize that's not my journey. Mine is different. But look at how they did it, so I believe in myself that I can do it too. There's enough of this self-worth and accomplishment to go around. Okay, and so once we have all that set, then there's the aspect of the fact that we need to be very intentional in taking actions and creating the steps towards our goal. And in order to do that, we have to be very clear on several things in our process of setting the goal and achieving it. And... So I'm going to go through those with you. Number one is we need to know exactly what the goal is. Exactly. And when I say exactly, what I mean is that we need to feel what its essence is and and also recognize how we're envisioning the physical form of it. And we need to have a thing. It's called high involvement and low attachment. So let me explain to you the difference between essence and form. Essence is, so when we set a goal for ourselves, we know kind of why we want it. Or let me put it to you this way. When we achieve a goal, really the what, what we've done is we've established a feeling that we wanted to create in ourselves by achieving that goal. Usually it's something surrounding our self-worth, our joy in life, our confidence, our ability, how we look at ourselves. And it creates these feelings in us. And that's really kind of what we're after when we go after this this goal. And I'll get to that here in a minute. But this is what the essence of the goal is, is the feeling that we get, the, the thing that we're trying to create in this life, the essence of it. So for instance, if for me, 
my goal is to have a successful business. So when I say a successful business, the physical form of that could mean I want to make a certain amount of money. I want to have a certain number of clients. I want to have a certain number of appointments per week. I want to be doing this amount of advertising. I want to be able to do X, Y, Z, all of these physical forms of it. So the essence of that could be that it is successful in the fact that my, my message is being received by people. What I'm here to show is being received by people. The essence of it could be that my business is changing and touching lives. That I recognize I am contributing value to other people's lives and contributing to them becoming freer, more authentic versions of themselves. And that could express itself in so many different physical forms, but I know that that's the essence of what I'm trying to create. So that's the difference between essence and form. And so now I want to talk to you about this concept of why it is that's, that we need to have this high involvement and low attachment to creating and, and establishing our goals. So what is high involvement and low attachment? High involvement means that we recognize the essence of what it is that we're going after. And then we can visualize the physical manifestation of what that would, what that would look like in our life. And when we, when we get very clear on that physical form and also the essence what we can do is from that physical form, we create steps to move towards it. But by knowing the essence, when we create these steps, we're basically setting little goals for ourselves along the way to get to the, the big goal, the, the quote-unquote end picture, but it's really never actually the end. So when we set these little steps for ourselves, the brain is going to come in along the way and try and it's, it's going to keep trying to stop you and want you to go back to the cave and be safe. And that's okay, because we have these tools, and we know how to be mindful, And but along the way, by knowing the, the essence of what you're trying to create, and establishing the essence for these little mini goals along the way to get to the main goal, what we do is we're able to talk to our mind and manage our mind in a way that when it tells us, no, you're not ready to go on to the next step yet, because you haven't done XYZ, the physical forms of XYZ. So if we know the essence of what we are trying to create with that step, we can manage our mind and say, you know what, yeah, maybe this is what I visualized when I got to this step, what it was going to look like, but I ended up creating it in this way. And so we're going to be flexible. We're going to be open. We're going to be, we're going to be abundant with this process and this journey. And we're going to take the next step because we're ready. Because we've created the essence of this step. And your brain is going to try and convince you, no, you you haven't um, gotten this number of appointments. You haven't gotten this number of clients yet that you visualized you would have before you take this next step. And you can, in a way, talk to your mind and be like, yes, I know that I said I was going to have 15 appointments per week. And right now I only have 14. But I've created the abundance surrounding my ability to create these appointments. And that was the goal of setting these 15 appointments is to show myself that I'm able to get as many appointments as I need to be able to make this business successful and move on to the next step. So by being able to recognize the essence versus form, we free ourselves to take steps when our mind is trying to tell us you're not ready yet. But we know we actually are ready because we have that self-confidence, that self-love. We know the essence of our journey. And my friends, also, I want a little side note here. This is why I always say that the, the process, the journey is so much more important than the goal. Because if you can, if you can recognize this and see 
everything that you're going to learn along the way about, about flexibility, about opening yourself up to seeing things in different lights, and being able to pivot and change the path towards your goal, or even change the goal when you when you learn a lesson along the way as you recognize that you've created the essence of something and the form looks a little bit different, and maybe you recognize, oh, that's what I really wanted. It had nothing to do with wanting these 15 appointments a week. I just needed to show myself that I can get appointments and that the, the, the product that I am offering is valuable to people and is creating value in their lives and that people will want to work with me. And so we create this ability to be unstoppable. When we hit an obstacle or what is perceived as an obstacle, we create this unstoppableness to us because we're in the process and we're not attached to the physical form of how we envisioned it being when we quote unquote got there. So this is high involvement, low attachment. We are highly involved in the process. We are highly involved in in creating and becoming clear on what it is that we want to manifest and create in our life. But we are we have low attachment in the fact that when we make that step and when we get to that step, if the physical form doesn't look exactly how we visioned it in our head, we can still recognize whether or not we've created the essence of it and take and take that next step, even though our brain's going to try and convince us, don't do it yet, we're not ready, we're not ready, go back, go back, go back, or pause, just don't move at all. Stay where you are, because at least you know where you are now and you're safer there. Your brain's going to try and throw that up all along the way. So this is why it's so important to to have this high involvement, low attachment, and also why I say the journey is more important than the goal, because you learn so much about yourself and what you actually want through this goal during the process. The growth during the process is so abundant, so huge. And if you're if you're in a rush and attached to the physical form of the goal and keep beating yourself up because it doesn't look quite the way you imagined it when you got there, then you will miss out on this process. You will miss out on this opportunity to learn more about yourself, more about your purpose, more about what it is that you actually want to create. So, moving on. The next thing we want to look at that we have to be very clear on is why we want to go after this goal. And we need a powerful reason why. And it needs to be genuinely ours. See, our powerful reason why is basically a tool that we're going to use along the way when our mind tries to use old beliefs, unserving beliefs, limiting beliefs to try and pause us in our journey or to try and get us to go back to where we were before because we're at least familiar with that discomfort level. Because you see... We were already, never mind, you know, I was going to go on a tangent, I'm going to pause myself there. I will, I have another idea for another podcast episode that we're going to talk about. But anyway, so this is going to be our powerful reason why is a tool that we're going to use to manage our mind along the way when it tries to convince us that it's getting too uncomfortable and give us reasons why we should stop or go back. And we, along the way we'll discover more powerful reasons why as we learn to pivot, as we create essence and not always form, and do this high involvement, low attachment, and we learn to be flexible and pivot, we can also pivot with our reason why and create more powerful reasons why as our mind throws more things at us to try and convince us to pause and go back. And so yes, we need to have a genuine reason why. We are going towards this goal because of the mind and because of the obstacles that we will encounter. And the the reason why will become a strategy to kind of move through those obstacles. 
because our reason why is bigger than them. So let me give you an example. My powerful reason why I show up every week to do this podcast, even though some weeks when I do this podcast, I might get one listen. And I do have analytic tools on my my platform that I put my podcast out on, so I can see when people are listening to my podcast. And I might only get one listen on that podcast. And I could, my mind's going to try and convince me, oh, see, what you're putting out is not good. People don't like it, so it's not worth it. You should probably just stop and give up on the podcast idea. You're obviously not a great podcaster. But if my powerful reason why, and it actually is this, is that I know that my message is important. I know that people need to hear it and want to hear it. Some of them might not know that they want to hear it yet, but when they when it becomes clear for them, they'll recognize they wanted to hear it all along. If I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, and I know that in this podcast I'm getting that message out there and putting it out there consistently, and it's always available for, and in front of people to be able to listen to and hear at any point in time, and that my goal is to make sure that that information is available to these people, to pull them in to seeing this work that I'm doing, and to seeing that there's another way for them to establish a relationship with themselves in which they become unstoppable. If I recognize that, and my powerful reason why doing this is to create that, then even if only one person listens to my podcast, it was still worth it. And I'm still going to show up. Because when my mind tries to say, oh, see, you only had one listen, so you're obviously not a great podcaster, I can be like, I touched one person's life. That's the reason why I'm doing this. So I'm going to keep going because I'm serving my purpose by doing this. So this is why having a powerful reason why, and it needs to be for you, authentic for you. It doesn't matter if it makes sense to anybody else or if anybody else likes your reason why. You have to have your back on your reason why. Because other people will be like, well, Seth, look, you only had one listen. So yeah, maybe you really should consider giving up on the podcast. You know, maybe this is a sign. And if I don't have a powerful reason why, I might listen to them. But if I'm like, no, because that's one life touched there. That's one listener that's getting that much closer to getting clear on this message of self-love that I'm here to bring to the world that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt the world wants to hear. So establishing our powerful reason why. This is such an important step. And it allows us to plan steps in, in ways to overcome obstacles ahead of time as well. Because we also can know when we've become aware of our limiting beliefs and our strategies that our brain is going to come up with, we can kind of know the things that, that our brain's going to throw at us along the way. And we can be like, yes, yes, I know, I know that you believe that. I know you're trying to keep me safe, but we're going to try something different because of this reason why. So yes, this reason why and becoming very clear on it and it being authentic for you is such a powerful step in establishing what our goal is and how we're going to move towards it. And it also allows us to be open and honest with ourselves and recognize that we're not going to be judgmental and shameful and, you know, pile on the guilt for ourselves by the fact that we're willing to own the things that we know our mind is going to throw at us and the, the points that we know our mind is going to throw obstacles at us and areas that we know we've given up before and we're not going to again. It allows us to recognize that we are in a growth mindset and not a judgmental mindset as we go through this process, which allows us to be more open to seeing ourselves and what our mind is doing with full awareness and self-love and compassion. And then from there, we have to be willing to visualize and create toward energy to pull us 
toward the goal and not use away from energy to push us away from where we are that we don't want to be anymore. So with toward energy, I, I want to explain this difference between toward energy and away from energy. And I've, I've used the analogy of horror uh, films before because we see this happen in horror films when someone's trying to run away from the, the, the monster that's chasing after them. And they're constantly looking back over their shoulder, trying to see how far away they are from the monster behind them. And they're not looking ahead. They actually have no idea where they're running to. They're just running to get away from the monster. And because they're not looking ahead at where they want to go, they don't have a plan of where they want to go. They usually end up running into a dead end. They run into a wall. They run into a pole. They trip on something. They fall into a hole. Something happens to where they get to a point where they, they can't run away anymore. And they end up going, the, the monster catches up with them. So if you can imagine that the toward energy would be if the person had a plan. And in some horror movies, we see this. It's like they can come up with a plan in their head, and they know, oh, if I can get to this point, get to this phone here, I can make this phone call, and this will solve, and I'll, get, I'll be able to get to here, which will keep me safe from this monster. Um, and so they, they are, but they're not focusing on getting away from the monster. They're focusing on getting toward that thing that is now their goal. And they make it, and they're successful. So by having toward energy, we have direction of where it is that we are going. We have sights on the path in front of us. And when we have sights on the path in front of us, my friends, what I want to say is that where we look, what we see, what we have in front of us and, and put into our minds visual at all points in time is what we're going to create more of. So if we're constantly looking behind us at what we're trying to get away from, guess what we're going to create more of? What's behind us? So we want to use toward energy of, of knowing our goal, knowing why we're going for it, and knowing the feelings, the essence of what we're going to create as we, as we journey through this process, and knowing who we are, and that we're uncovering that as we go, and as we journey towards that vision of ourselves, and knowing that we are that person, and we're just here to uncover it and show it to the world, we, have, we can create this clear path towards where we want to go. We have direction of where we want to go. And also because we were willing to be open and honest with ourselves and see all of the obstacles, all of the things that our brain was going to come up with, and we're willing to be open with self-love and self-image, we also know exactly where we are and we can create that very distinct direction towards where we're wanting to go. Versus when we use away from energy... What we're doing is we're using fear, resistance-based energy, and this requires a ton of willpower. And my friends, willpower is very finite. It's like, okay, if you could imagine that you're on a train track and you are the, the, the train is moving behind you, and the train moving behind you is all of the things in your life that you don't want to be there anymore. And you're trying to get away from it. And the, the train is moving not so, so fast. You can sprint faster than this train. So you can choose to use away from energy and start sprinting away from that, that train as fast as you can. And some of us have a lot, a, a lot of willpower. And some of us can sprint for quite a long time. But eventually that willpower runs out. And guess what? That train keeps on coming no matter what. That train is there and moving forward 
following you no matter what. Because that train is just there to follow the track that you are creating, which is in the same direction that you just came from because that's where you're looking and you don't know where you want to go. So the train's just going to keep following you in this loop. And you're going to sprint ahead, you're, not, you're going to run out of willpower, and then it's going to catch up to you. You're going to use resistance energy, sprint ahead, get away from it, and then it's going it's, to... And you just end up in the cycle until you choose to find a direction where you want to go that's not in this loop, and you change the direction of the track. And then, no longer are you trying to get away from the train. The train is just where you are right now, and the train is going to follow you down this new path to where you want to go, and the train is changing along with you. <laughs> because you were willing to see everything in your life, not judge it, not need to get away from it, but recognize it's all just opportunity to grow and change. And you know where you're going, so you can kind of let the train help you push forward towards the goal. So this is the difference between toward energy and away from energy. So this might raise the question, then why is it that our, our mind tends to want to use away from energy? Because as most of my clients have noticed, and I've noticed in myself and in other people that I talk to, people love to use this resistance and away from energy, this running away from their miserable life, their disgusting body, their annoying habit, you know, their um, laziness, their, you know, stubbornness, whatever it is that they're trying to get away from in their life. You can insert so many different negative self-talk phrases in there. So here's what we need to recognize. Our mind wants to use away from energy because it's actually not an effective tool towards reaching our goals. And remember, in context, our brain is trying to keep us safe and alive. <laughs> so our brain kind of knows if we keep focusing on the past, we'll keep creating the past. And that feels safe to the brain because even though it's so uncomfortable and we, we feel like we want to get away from it and we don't, we want to go towards our goals and we feel that discomfort of wanting to go towards our goals and us not doing it, our brain recognizes where we are, what we've been doing, as at least it's familiar. So our brain wants to use away from energy because it's trying, it's again a defense strategy to keep us from actually looking somewhere else where we don't know where we're going and trusting that we're going to create it without, you know, the, the, the evidence there of our past to prove to us that we can do it and that we are going to do it. We're going straight on changing, creating new beliefs, and trusting those beliefs, and taking massive action steps into that uncertainty. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Your brain is afraid of that. So it's, of course, going to use away from energy because it actually knows that it's not an effective way to reach towards your goals, and it's, again, trying to keep you safe. So it knows if you keep focusing on the big bad wolf that's chasing you, you'll keep creating the big bad wolf chasing you. And you'll create that scenario over and over and over and over again. Whereas it knows if you use toward energy, you're no longer focusing on that stuff behind you. And you're going to move into an uncertain territory that your brain thinks is going to kill you. So as you can see, my friends, we have many defense strategies that are programmed or pre-built into how our mind works. And these are all designed to prevent us from making and then living out or creating and then living out our goals for ourselves. So... Again, why would we have these defense strategies against something we want? It's not because something is wrong with you. And it goes back to the comfort thing. The mind is designed to persuade us to pursue comfort and pleasure at all times. Because for thousands and thousands of years, pleasure and comfort meant survival. 
But in the 21st century, again, as I've said in other podcast episodes, pleasure and comfort are everywhere. So pleasure and comfort are actually what is destroying us now. Not just physically, like we're literally getting sick and destroying our bodies with the, the presence of constant pleasure and comfort, but we're also destroying our mental health with the constant pleasure and also associating pleasure with happiness and not recognizing the difference between the two. So it's, I think it's very important for us to get clear on the difference between pleasure and happiness and that actually what we're after is happiness, but we've been taught to believe that pleasure is happiness. And that's why a lot of us are suffering right now. So you have goals and you keep finding yourself wanting to go after them and then you either give up or you talk yourself out of it. My friend, you have your guard up against your goals. And this may seem like we're in a hopeless situation. But here's the thing. In mindfulness practice, we learn how to recognize that there is a space between our mind and its thinking and ourselves. And that in this space is no mind. Or basically, this space where the thinking is happening over there in the mind. The mind is a tool of ours, and we recognize the mind is a tool that I get to use. I am not my mind. And there's all this space around it that I can stand in and be who I am and look at that thinking. And I can pay attention to it, feel its pull to want to pull me in a certain direction. And that doesn't mean I have to follow it. And from there, when I recognize the mind is a tool that I get to use and I can feel its power over there wanting to pull me towards these thoughts and beliefs, guess what I also recognize? I created those thoughts and beliefs. And I can create new ones and use that same powerful pull to launch me towards my goals. And this is why mindfulness practice is so important. And this is a this is a practice I teach a lot of my clients and in so many different ways. It's I can't teach it to you in this podcast because it takes time and it's very individualized per person as far as how I'm going to get them into a space of mindfulness to where they can recognize it. Because depending on where you're coming from, your way in is going to be different. And I know everyone thinks meditation, meditation, and meditation is a great tool, but also when we think of meditation, we think of doing it a right way or a wrong way, and that gets confusing too. So mindfulness, just know it is a tool, a very powerful tool for us to use, but it's very individualized per person. So if you have if you have tried to explore mindfulness and you feel like, oh, I can't be mindful, I'm broken, obviously, my friends, it's just you haven't found your path into mindfulness. And I'm, I'm here to help you find your path in when you're ready. But it is very individualized, so I can't give you... If I were to give you a meditation to do it on here, I would be doing what everyone else is doing, and it doesn't serve you. It doesn't serve you at all. So when I teach someone about mindfulness, I find their own unique path in based on the way that they are seeing things at the time. All right. So the good news is (laughs) you now know that you're not lazy or broken, and you're aware of why you have these patterns of wanting to set a goal, not setting the goal, or wanting to set the goal, setting it, and then not going after it. You know, we have the inauthentic goals. We have the fact that we're, we don't have the self-confident image. We have the, the fact that the brain is, brain is constantly trying to play this role of stay safe, uh, otherwise you're going to die. We know that we, we need to know our powerful reason why. We need to be clear on the essence versus the, the physical form of the goal. We're clear on all of that, and we're, we're, we know that we have this pattern of disrupting or not going after the goal. The, the thing is, you know you're, you're not broken. You just haven't been shown that there are tools and strategies that you have available to you to disrupt this pattern 
and create a completely new pattern. And it has to do with, again, finding that way into mindfulness, recognizing and owning your power to create your own thoughts and beliefs, and then doing that. But again, I can't teach that to you in this podcast because it is very individualized. But here's what I can do. I can give you a place to start, to start creating some curious energy and some courage around this area of your life until you're ready to work with a coach and begin thriving in this area of your life of setting goals and going after them. So your first step is recognizing the thinking patterns when you are wanting to set a goal that you know is genuine for you. See if you notice thinking like, I'm going to give you some phrases here, and and it can be something similar to this, but these are the phrases that I hear a lot. There's just no point. I'm too lazy. I'm too stubborn. That's just not possible for me. Oh, I don't think I can. I don't know how. I am too... You can insert any disqualifying word that you want to use for yourself there. I'm too lazy. I'm too broken. I'm too stubborn. I'm too, uh, you know, whatever negative word you're wanting to use that's your, your disqualifier for you trying to reach for your goals. So these are some things, that, some thoughts that might be coming up. So I want you to recognize if those thoughts come up when you go to set the goal for yourself. You have to be willing to... Be still enough to recognize your thinking while you're setting the goal. And if you notice these coming up, here's step two. Becoming aware that when this thinking comes up, it's simply your mind trying to keep you safe by persuading you not to try something unfamiliar because it might kill you. And then recognizing and truly believing for yourself, you are not broken and there's nothing wrong with you. So you can kind of put that thought aside and recognize that's my brain trying to keep me safe. And I can love the, the fact that my brain wants to keep me safe, but I don't have to follow that thought. So we're going to recognize that thought. We're going to become aware of the fact that that thought is there because it's just our mind trying to keep us safe. It's our mind being a mind. And we're going to put that thought aside. And we're going to do the third step, which is a small pattern disrupt. And we're going to ask ourselves these questions. Number one. What if I really believed that I could achieve this goal? I mean, if I really believed it. How would I feel differently right now if I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this goal is something that I am going to achieve? What emotions would I be feeling right now? What would change in my self-talk? And how would I look at myself differently in the mirror if I truly believed I could achieve this goal And I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am going to achieve it. This is a a multi-leveled question, but this is to get you thinking about that. Write your answers down here. See what you come up with. When you're done with that question, move on to this question. What actions would I be taking right now if I knew that not only was this goal possible, but that I'm actually going to achieve it? Not that I might achieve it, or I will try to achieve it, but if I know that I'm going to achieve it, I am the person that does this. If I know that, what actions would I be taking right now that are different from the ones that I'm actually taking right now? Okay? So, next question. What will I be adding to my life by going after this goal as if I know that I'm going to achieve it? What will I be adding to my life by going after this goal if I know that I'm going to achieve it. And the reason I'm saying adding to my life is because your brain's going to want to focus on the things you're leaving behind, the things you're letting go of, the things you're getting rid of, the things you're depriving yourself of. 
And your brain's going to try and convince you that you still want those things in your life. And that therefore you need to keep the old patterns to keep those things in your life. And it's going to try and disrupt your journey by getting you to focus on those things so that you can go back to creating more of the old patterns in your life where it's familiar. So knowing the things that you will be adding to your life by going after this goal, you create toward energy of towards the goal. And when your brain throws these things up of the, the things that you're missing, the things that you're going to have to get rid of, the things you're going to deprive yourself of, you can say, but look at all of these things over here that I will be adding into my life by knowing that I'm going after this goal and doing it. Write down your answers to these questions. You will be surprised at the things that you come up with. And then I want to challenge you to do something. I want you to take the emotions that you thought you would feel. I want you to take the self-talk that you knew you would be saying to yourself if you knew you were going to achieve these goals. I want you to start talking to yourself that way now. I want you to start trying to create those emotions that you would be feeling if you knew you were meant to create that goal. Start creating those now in your life because that's going to be the self-talk and the energy that you will create the goals from. Then I want you to pick an action in the, the answer to the question of what actions would I be taking if I knew I was going to achieve these goals. I want you to take one of those actions and using that self-talk and those emotions that you just created, I want you to use those as fuel and take that step. This is what we call massive action. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. But I want you to just do it just once and see what it feels like to have your back and to create the emotion and to create the self-talk before you take the step and use that to look at your goal, know that you're meant to achieve it, and take a step towards it with the fear being present. Practice the courage. Remember, courage, my friends, is not acting when there is no more fear. Courage is acting when fear is present. So, yes, it's scary. Take the step. And use these questions and that little tool that I just gave you to take that first step. And feel how amazing it feels to step into that fear, to lean into it and say, yes, I understand why you're here and that you're trying to keep me safe. Step. Feel that power, my friends. You have it in you. You have it. I know you do. I know you do. So I'm here to guide you into that space of where you truly see and believe this for yourself and that it is actually your destiny to actualize these genuine goals. It is in your very purpose for why you chose to show up in this life. You are worthy and you are powerful. Okay? And I love you all so much. If this step, taking this step, is something that you you try, or if you're afraid to try it, but if you take this step and you recognize, I want to do more of this. I want to do more of this in my life. I'm here to take your hand I'm here to guide you and be the eyes for you until you can see the vision that I see for you. Because every time a client comes to me and tells me their goals, it's like I can see who they are through hearing those goals. I know who they are and that they're on a journey to uncover that person. And I can see that person so clearly having done this and and who they see themselves as. And my friends, I can see the path. I can see the path in front of you. And so... You can use my eyes until you see it for yourself. I'm here to help. That's all I have for you today, my friends. I love you all. Please recognize how powerful you are in being able to create your goals and take step towards them.
So until next week, ciao. Thank you for listening to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I hope you enjoyed the content of this podcast today. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, please visit www.slch.ch for more. Again, that is www.slch.ch. You can also find me on Instagram at sethlusk underscore coaching. Again, that's sethlusk underscore coaching. Or on Facebook and my Facebook community that's called Health Connection Corner. One last time, that Facebook group is called Health Connection Corner. It's free to join. You just have to answer three membership questions to become a part of the community there. And we would love to have you. I want to thank you again for listening. I look forward to our next time together. Have a wonderful and health-filled day. Ciao.